All right, so uh, we are almost done with this series. We have three weeks left. Um, we will be talking about uh, journaling this week. Uh, next week, we will be talking about the, the spiritual discipline of learning and why, why being a consistent learner in, in the faith is valuable, why it's needed for, for our lives in Jesus. And then um, the last week, do you guys remember Jay Pearson? Do you guys remember him? He's a uh, super, super tall guy. He's got nine fingers. Uh, a buddy of mine that I used to work with at YFC. So he's going to come here in two weeks, and he's going to talk with us about um, evangelism, which is just a fancy word for, like, how do we communicate and share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus? And how do we discipline ourselves to make sure that that's like a regular practice, right? Like, that's something that kind of terrifies a lot of us if we're following Jesus. And so Jay is going to come talk to us about that in a few weeks. So journaling tonight, learning, and then um, and then uh, evangelism. So Here's the deal. Around your tables, real quick, just take like two or three minutes. Um, talk about a time, uh, maybe when you journaled or tried to journal. Just kind of share, like, what was that experience like? Maybe why did you decide to pick up a journal and write a journal entry? What, what did you write about? Just whatever. Talk about that experience around your tables just, just for a couple minutes. All right, so, so what, when I talk about journaling, what am I talking about? Here's what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about, dear diary, here's what happened today. Um, and the reason why I'm not talking about that kind of journaling is because um, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, right, there's a point behind these. There's a purpose behind these. There's a reason why we journal. And as Christians, we journal so we can grow to become more and more like Jesus, right? We've been talking about this for a few weeks. The spiritual disciplines, the reason for those is to grow in godliness, to grow like Christ, to become more like Jesus. And so journaling is useful, but it's not required. The Bible never commands you to, to open a journal and, and give, give an account of your own life and explain what's going on. There's never a command for you to journal in the Bible. It's not, it's not required. I'm not going to require this of you. I'm not going to grade your level of spirituality by whether or not you journal every day. And none of us should do that with each other. That's, it's, why, would we, why would we demand something of you that the Bible doesn't, right? Um, but it's useful. There's uses for journaling. There are um, godly men and godly women who have journaled, right? Um, we have evidence of that because we have their journals. Uh, but there are also godly men and godly women who haven't journaled and don't journal and don't keep a regular journal, and that's okay. Here's the deal with this discipline. There's freedom in this discipline, right? Just like there's actually freedom in all of the disciplines, right? There's, there's not this binding thing that says, I have to do this this amount of time. Now, I'm going to encourage you to do it a certain amount of time. It's an amount of time that's been helpful for me um, personally, but I'm not going to demand that of you. I'm not going to grade your spiritual walk with, with how you're upholding these disciplines. The point of all of these disciplines is that if we're going to be doing them, we need to be doing them on some sort of regular basis, right? So like with reading the Bible, right? That's the first one we talked about. We need to be doing that on a regular basis. Prayer, same thing, regular basis. I'm not going to say you need to pray every three hours. That's a ridiculous rule, but it needs to be regular somehow, some way. So it's useful, but not required. One of the ways journaling is useful is it helps us grow in our own understanding of ourselves, right? A lot of us, right, the busyness of life is just busy, right? Amen, right? Like it's, it's, life is busy, life is crazy, Taking a few moments, 15 minutes, to just pause and reflect on what's going on and what God is doing is actually extremely helpful because it kind of centers you in, gives you kind of eyes to see, like, God, what are you doing today? What are you doing in my life? What are you stirring up in my heart recently? How have I been ignoring you? How have I been giving you attention? And just kind of walking through these things. And so it's, it's very useful for that. But again, it's, it's not required. I'm, it's encouraged but not commanded, right? I'm going to encourage you to do it. 
I won't command you to do this. I won't require this of you. God doesn't require this of you. But again, I'm just, I'm just encouraging you this because this has been so helpful for me. I started journaling. I actually have my journal with me. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about this in a, in a, in a little bit. Um, I journal two ways. I journal, have any of you guys heard of Evernote before? It's an app that you can have. It's also on my computer. So I have journal entries in Evernote. So like if I just don't feel like writing, uh, I'll pop open my computer and I'll journal on there, right? There's no shame in having just like a Word document on your computer, like have Microsoft Word open and just have a document that says journal and you just kind of keep going on that Word document, right? You guys all have Chromebooks. It's an easy way for you to use the technology that God has given you to grow. You know, you can have a Word document on your computer that just says journal, and you're typing that thing out, and you can put a password on it if you want, right? If that's something you want to keep between you and the Lord, you can throw a password on a Word document, and nobody can see it except for you. So uh, I journal through Evernote, and then I also journal through this. Um, I started doing this regularly. I like to date my entries just uh, because uh, May 26, 2017 is the first journal entry in this notebook. I had tried journaling over and over and over and over and over again, right? You kind of journal, and then you get discouraged because you don't do it often. Um, and the Lord just kind of, as, as I've gone in my, in my spiritual walk, I've just like kept trying to journal and kept trying to journal, and I just kind of thought, like, you know what? I'm going to get a nice journal, and maybe that will encourage me to kind of keep get started. And, and I'm like, after a year, I'm 162 pages in. So, like, God has really been at work through this through this journaling thing for me. That's why I wanted to talk about it with you guys. But so it's enjoyable, but it's sometimes dry. Raise your hand if you've ever done something and it felt dry. It should be all of us, right? Sometimes church feels dry, right? It just does. Um, and it, it's it, a lot of times it's not it's not necessarily a problem with journaling, right? It's just kind of where I'm at spiritually. I'm just kind of spiritually dry. I'm not I'm not feeling it. Um, I'm kind of, you know, either going through a hard time or something's going on in my life, and I just don't feel like journaling. For me, uh, a big period of that was between November and January. I didn't journal a ton. Um, and that was actually probably the time when I needed to journal the most. I was really struggling back through uh, November and January. Um, and so it's enjoyable, but it's sometimes dry. Here's the deal. When it gets dry, don't be discouraged if you don't journal for two weeks. Right? If this is a practice, like maybe you know, we leave here tonight and you're like, man, this sounds really cool. I want to get started trying to do this, trying to journal and seeing how God uses that to shape me. Don't get discouraged if you miss two days, two weeks, two months. Just when it comes to mind, pick it back up and, and keep plugging, keep going. Um, God will use that. And so again, it's regular, but it's not always consistent. You don't have to get discouraged if you, if you miss a few days or whatever. Just pick this thing up. I miss days all the time, um, all the time. I have not journaled every day, right? A year, it's almost been a year, and I'm on page 162. That should be an example, right? Not page 365. So I've missed days, right? And that's okay. It's not a big deal, but it's something regular. It's going on in my life. And so the best way to use your journal is how you like to journal. There's not one way to use your journal. The only thing that I would encourage you is have a, a, a sense of direction, right? So like when I use my journal... Um, I have this idea of like, okay, I'm journaling today for the purpose of godliness. So I'm focusing on my life in Christ, what's going on in my life, and how it affects my walk with Jesus, right? That's what I'm journaling on. That's what I'm focused on. Um, I want to see God give me this awareness for what he's doing in me because as I have a greater awareness for what he's doing in me, I have a greater dependence on him to change me, to help me grow. The more aware I am of how God's working, the more tightly I hold on to him and to see him working in those areas. So maybe, maybe you're struggling. Um, maybe you have some friends that you're really struggling with. You want them to know Jesus. 
You want them to know Jesus. You really want them to experience God genuinely, but you're struggling with how to open up a conversation about that. A journal is a place for you to go to kind of even write out your prayers to God, to say, God, help me with this. Like, I want to see that. And as you write down your prayers, maybe months later you look back and you're like, man, you answered that. I can see that all throughout my journal, just prayers that I've written down that God has been answering in my own life. One of them is to, to stir up a love for like reading about God um, by godly men and women who have written books or articles or things about him. And I've, and I've had this love kind of stirred up in me about that. Um, and it's been helpful. But that prayer, as I've, I've written it out in a journal, it's, it's, been, it's grown in me. It's been really encouraging to see that. And so, but however you want to use it, use it, right? Um, I like to reflect on a passage, right? So I kind of use this in, like, uh, I put it up against my Bible reading and I kind of journal about that. And I'll read a couple entries from my journal later. But um, the Bible doesn't command journaling. But in the book of Psalms, we see all of these songs and poems, and 74 of them are written by David, right? David was this king of Israel. Um, he's a pretty important guy. He was actually the greatest king of Israel. He had, is, Israel um, was almost to the peak of its like, economic power um, in the world when David and his son Solomon were kings. So 74 of these psalms were written by David. Four express gratitude to God. So if you think of the psalms almost like a journal, and you see David writing 74 of these, and, and I, I don't have all of the categories, so the middle schoolers were getting on me because they added up all these numbers, and they are like, wait, John, that's not 74. Your math is wrong. It's like, hey, all the categories aren't up there. Back off. Um, so there's 74 psalms written by David. So four of those psalms express gratitude. They're, they're, they're journal entries about thanking God for something, Right? Um, express praise, eight of them do, six are songs to God, five are declarations of trust in God. David's just saying, I trust you, Lord. I, I believe that you're at work. Here's how I see you at work. Here's how I've seen you at work in the past, so I know you're going to be at work in the future. 43, this is crazy to me. 43 express lament, complaints, or grief to God. It's crazy. Four, eight, six, and then 43 express lament. So based on what you see here, how do you see David using his journal? Talk about that around your tables. Any of you mind sharing just kind of with the larger group some of your conversation or what you guys are seeing? Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think, I think most of us are more comfortable with the first options. Like, we're really comfortable maybe thanking God for something or saying that we're praising Him for something or, you know, we might be comfortable singing a song on Sunday, but, like, that 43, that just doesn't sit with us because, I don't know, for some reason in our minds, when we think of a mature Christian, we might not think of somebody who does that to God, right? Somebody who's complaining or upset or lamenting or grieving to God. So yeah, that's but there's flexibility there. Anything else that you guys 
got from your conversation? All right, everybody close your eyes. I want to read something to you. I wrote this. I have no idea when I wrote this. I wrote this sometime between, um, let's see, November 13th and November 21st. I can't sit through an assessment of my own care for others because it will just be another way for me to rip myself apart. To degrade my efforts to love well will only continue to drive me into this depressing hopelessness that consumes and characterizes my thoughts. I tell myself in action that there is no hope in the gospel. Even as I stop to consider these thoughts, I grow in anger at myself because I know there's hope in Christ, but I'm so disconnected from the heart that I don't feel it. How can I preach on the good news when as of right now, the goodness of this news escapes me? I see God's goodness in the gifts of life, but I feel entitled to receive them. I cry out to God and hear no answer. I cry out for Him and only hear self-condemnation. As I spoke to Eric today, he challenged me to consider what is wrong with John, but to dwell on, or not to consider what is wrong with John, but to dwell on what is right with God. So in my anger, I will attempt to do so. What is right with God? He creates and sustains the entirety of the universe. He knows me more than I could possibly know myself. He's aware of all the things I struggle with, why I struggle with them, and is patient to deal with me in my own wicked ways. He sent Jesus who accomplished perfect righteousness so that I could be remade into his image. He bore the full weight of my sin, extending grace upon grace to sins past, present, and future. He's changing me and my family in Christ to become like Christ, worship Christ, and enjoy Christ. He shepherds my heart when I want to run away from His grace. He reminds me of what I deserve so that I can celebrate the mercy He's extended to me. He loves me even when I cannot love myself. He expects me to love myself for He created me and commands me to love my neighbor in the same way I love myself. He encourages and comforts. His thoughts ascend far above my own and His purposes far above my own. He works all together for my good. He redeems my life from the pit. He restores my soul in Christ. His pursuit of my wayward, adulterous heart is relentless. He is faithful to sustain me in the secure goodness of His love. He bears the word upon my conscience. He stirs my affections away from the love of sin and toward a love for His name. He endures through all my junk. He is equally present and involved in my good and bad days. Let me say that again so you can hear this. He is equally present and involved in my good and bad days. The depths of His character only point toward perfect love. He thinks about and considers me in my pitiable condition. He died for me and was raised to life to reveal the certainty of my inheritance. 
He gives me confidence and assurance. He has given me His Spirit so I may participate in His promises. He enables me to live a godly life. He has purpose in all things I go through. He presses me toward eternity. He is the source of every good and perfect gift I've received. He listens and answers my prayers. God, why does knowing these truths not produce a deep hope? Why is my face so down? Answer me. I find it really, really fascinating that such a difficult life experience for me drew out a deep, deep, deep like meditation on the character and nature of who God is. And it was through a conversation with a friend to encourage me to stop thinking about what's so wrong with me and start thinking about not what's so wrong with John, but what's so right with God and to, and to write that out so I could see it. Go to Psalm 103. Let's turn there. So what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you read this entire thing together, okay? And we're just going to spend the rest of our time doing this. Um, what you're going to do is uh, just read the entire thing and think about Psalm 103 like a big journal entry, okay? I'm going to have you read it twice. Once as a group and then once just kind of silently by yourself. And then um, there's these three questions. So they kind of start here, here, and here. But so what you'll do, read it, read through it twice, once as a big group, once uh, on your own, and then talk about those three questions. But think about it as a journal entry. I know. You guys can keep going. I'm, I just want to wrap up real quick. The reason why I shared my journal with you is because I wanted you to see something. I wanted you to see that meditating on the character of God and lament are not exclusive from each other. Right? Like we typically think that like, like grieving and being angry either at ourselves or at God or, or just this, this uh, a journal entry that's kind of like written out of negative emotion, we think that that is somehow separate from meditating on the character of God, as if we need to only meditate on God's character when we're in a good mood, right? Some of our best meditation on the character of God comes out of when things suck. I'm just going to be straightforward. Like, when things suck, our, our desire to sit and just think about who God is and who we are and how big He is and how little we are. That, a lot of times, comes out of when life just sucks. It's just the plainest way I can say it. And so I wanted to share that with you to show you that. Um, you guys were talking about, this table was talking about how my use of big words was kind of scary. I just wanted to say and make a comment. Like, don't feel like you have to use, like, 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 pray how you pray, personally. Like, 
Everybody prays different. I pray different than you. I'm going to journal different than you. You're going to journal different than me. That's okay. Like I said, whatever works for you works for you when it comes to journaling. There's freedom there. So do it however you want to do it. Um, it's okay. There have been journal entries where, like, I haven't even felt like mine writing much. It's only like this long, right? That was just a really long one that I wrote down because of just what was going on in my life at the time. And so I just want you to see this. I'm going to leave it up. If you want to take a picture of this, you can. We're not going to talk through it because it's pretty straightforward. You guys, you guys are smart. You can get the point. But th th this is just kind of how journaling helps us. Um, and so maybe you want to grab your phone. You want to take a picture of it. Um, but I'm going to pray. I'll leave this up. You guys can continue conversation if you want. Um, and we'll probably, I'm going to probably start trying to get the room cleaned up a little bit. If you can help clean, that'd be great. If not, you got to go, go. So let me pray, and then we will get out of here. Father, thank you for uh, the gift of journaling. Thank you that you've, you've given us minds that can read and write. God, because if we couldn't read and write, we couldn't journal. Um, we couldn't read your word. And so, uh, Lord, I'm thankful for the gift of, of being able to even read because um, through that we can, we can get to know you more. And through writing about you and, and ourselves and how you're at work, you can help us to become more like, excuse me, to become more like Jesus. And so, God, tonight, I just, I hope, Lord, that you would uh, help us. God, that if it's through journaling, great, but if it's through other disciplines in the faith, just help us be people who become more like Christ, who, um, who look like you, who, who sound like Jesus, who just seem Christ-like as, as we're walking around um, at school and at home and interacting with our friends. And God, help there to just be this, this uh, grouped longing for you from the people here, God, that we would long for you together, that we would long for you to be at work, and that you would help us to carry out your work in this community. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.